RTHK, the news at 11 with Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Japanese authorities revise the rules for flights from Hong Kong so they can land at three more destinations. The health secretary says the healthcare system can cope with the expected increase in COVID infections now that restrictions have been mostly lifted and educators express confidence that the resumption of full-day schooling in February will go smoothly. Japanese authorities have revised the rules for flights from Hong Kong, allowing them to land at three more destinations. The Hong Kong government says it considers the restrictions unreasonable and has asked Tokyo to rescind them. Frank Jung has more details. Under the revised rules, flights from Hong Kong and Macau will be allowed to head to Sapporo, Fukuoka and Okinawa, as long as they don't carry passengers who have been to the mainland in the previous seven days. Japan had earlier said that flights from the SAR, Macau and the mainland would only be allowed to land in Tokyo, Nagoya or at Kansai Airport, which serves Osaka and nearby cities. Travelers will have to take COVID tests on arrival. Meanwhile, airlines here have announced changes to their schedules in response to another rule set by Japan, a cap on the overall number of flights to the country. Cathay Pacific says it's cancelling flights to Nagoya and Fukuoka from tomorrow, while Hong Kong Express will cancel 41 flights next month. The Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao says the scrapping today of most remaining COVID rules may lead to an increase in infections, but the healthcare system is now better placed to handle outbreaks. Close contacts of COVID patients no longer have to isolate, and a limit on outdoor gatherings has been abolished. The vaccine pass and PCR tests for inbound travellers have also gone. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Professor Lowe said the changes were not sudden but a continuation of a gradual and orderly relaxation. People have now learned more about COVID and how to deal with it. We believe now is the time to switch from government-led infection control to handing over the responsibilities and the rights to the people. Is a case symptomatic? Does one need to see the doctor or take sick leave? We will let people decide. People RTHK spoke to were generally pleased to see the restrictions eased, though some were disappointed that officials had not changed the rules on mask wearing. It's good that we can just go around freely these days. Uh, at the same time, like seems like since everyone got vaccine, so it seems like the case is not as serious as well. So I think it's a good thing. Obviously, it's long overdue. It, it makes daily life a bit much easier at this point. Uh, I mean, I understand in very crowded places like public transport, it's still good to wear masks. But even the mask duty in public space is completely ridiculous at this point. After all three years waiting, and finally people can like go back to home, or like their parents, their like friends can come back to uh, Hong Kong or also mainland to see them. But I also think that it is never too late to do such a thing. But uh, it should be earlier. Yeah. An education sector leader says he's confident primary schools will be able to resume full-day classes in mid-February, though the timescale will put them under pressure. The government announced the return of full-time in-person schooling yesterday, as well as the resumption of extracurricular activities. Dion Chen, the chairman of the Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council, says secondary schools will be ready to reopen, 
but primary schools and kindergartens have more to do before they go full-time on February the 15th. For the secondary school, most of them, they have the full-day resumption already. And if not, the whole school will be uh, a few formed. So to secondary schools, we think that it's not a big problem to them. And uh, they just need some time to you know, explain to the parents about the new arrangement. And uh, for primary school, it takes a bit more time because right, they need to work with the lunch providers and also the school bus providers and also the uh, maybe extracurricular instructors and so forth. So they need more time to prepare for that. Time for a look at the local weather forecast. It will be fine and dry, but rather cool in the morning and again tomorrow night. A minimum temperature of about 13 degrees in urban areas, a few degrees lower in the new territories. A high of about 19 degrees with moderate northerly winds occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook, fine and dry and rather cool on Saturday morning. The temperature difference between day and night will be quite large. It'll get cloudier with temperatures rising gradually over the New Year holidays. Currently the observatory, the temperature is 16 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity now at 62%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Development Secretary Bernadette Lynn has said the Artificial Islands project will generate more revenue than the project cost, which has gone up from the original estimate. Authorities have raised the price tag for the islands off Lantau to $580 billion, up from the $500 billion predicted in 2018. Frank Young reports. Bernadette Lynn says the government expects to earn $750 billion Hong Kong dollars from auctioning off land sites at the Artificial Islands project to developers. But she told a logical panel that the cost is not the only factor the government considers. When it comes to infrastructure, we should not only have eyes on the dollar and take it forward only when it's profitable. This development project is a long-term investment for the future of Hong Kong. So we should not just have eyes on the land sales revenue, but rather the economic benefits that will arise from the development. She added that one-third of the cost will be used for reclamation, while around half will be spent on building road links and railways. But legislators have questioned the project's price tag, with New People's Party chairwoman Regina Ip calling the forecast for land sales too optimistic. She was speaking to reporters after attending the panel. The expenditure estimates and the land revenue receipt estimates are very crude at this stage. I think they are too optimistic. Other colleagues also refer to other risks, whether we can afford both um, northern metropolis and the artificial island plan at the same time, whether the economic benefits are justified this mega project. When asked whether authorities would consider bridging the islands with nearby Pengchao, Ms. Lin said her team will study the possibility of building road links. The development minister added that further research is needed to judge exactly how much the project will cost and that officials aim to report the updated cost to LegCo in 2024 before seeking funding from lawmakers. The chairman of LegCo's finance committee says he believes the body can get through more work scrutinising government funding requests now that all lawmakers are patriots. Chan Chunying made the remarks at a press conference to round up its work in the first LegCo term since Beijing reformed the electoral system. But he said the work would be more efficient if officials improved scheduling to avoid swamping certain meetings and gave legislators more information in advance. Because some of the time um, they would like to provide you a very high level summary 
of some of the funding proposal, instead of you know giving you all the details, they expect you to ask those details upon the FC meeting, instead of you know providing all the details uh, in uh, one single document, so that you know uh, every members could uh, easy to grasp um, all the details and informations before they you know join the FC meeting. Beijing has questioned the scientific basis for the United States' new requirement for travelers from Hong Kong, Macau and the mainland to take PCR tests before they leave. The U.S. move comes after other countries, including India, Malaysia and Japan, imposed restrictions on Chinese travelers amid concerns over infections on the mainland. Aaron Tam reports. American officials have cited a lack of information on COVID variants from China for their decision, which will take effect on the 5th of January. It will apply to all travelers regardless of nationality or vaccine status and includes those going to the U.S. via third countries. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin has said that all countries should take a science-based and proportionate approach and treat people from all countries on an equal footing. He stressed that pandemic measures shouldn't affect normal people-to-people exchanges and cooperation. The mainland has officially reported one new COVID death, down from three from the previous day. But foreign governments and many epidemiologists believe the numbers are much higher. Mainland authorities have said it only counts deaths of patients caused by pneumonia and respiratory failure as COVID-related. While the country's National Health Commission has stopped issuing daily case numbers, officials in several cities estimate that hundreds of thousands of people have been infected in recent weeks. Italy earlier became the first European country to require COVID tests for visitors from China. Carlo Carlo Lavecchia, an epidemiologist at Milan University, believes the restriction is purely a political decision. It's difficult to say. It's essentially a political decision. Now we have in Italy more than 400,000 registered cases of positive COVID persons and probably it's more than one million. So blocking a few hundred or a few thousand from China is not relevant unless a new variant is coming, which to my knowledge is not known now. It gives some appearance to the Ministry of Health, essentially, that they are taking care of uh, something. They are considering the problem, which the key point in Italy will be running uh, booster vaccination to elderly people, and that's uh, not done uh, as expected. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says there are no changes to the advice for travellers coming from China into his country. Mr Albanese said Canberra will continue to monitor the situation in China and in other parts of the world. Well, we'll continue to monitor the circumstances that are occurring in China and in other parts of the world as well as we do. We'll take the appropriate advice from the health experts and follow that advice. Uh, There's no change in the travel advice at this point in time, but we're continuing to monitor the situation as we continue uh, to monitor the impact of COVID here in Australia as well as around the world. Our priority is to keep Australians as safe as possible. 
At least 19 people are now known to have been killed in a huge fire at a hotel and casino complex in Cambodia. Up to 30 are still missing. The BBC's Michael Bristow reports. Dramatic images show the casino on the Cambodian border with Thailand completely engulfed in flames. Desperate people climbed through windows onto outside ledges to escape smoke and flames billowing behind. Firefighters tried to rescue them. Some jumped. It's thought the fire could have been started by a gas explosion. Witnesses say they heard a series of blasts on the ground floor of the complex, known as Grand Diamond City. Gambling is mostly illegal in Cambodia, but there are a cluster of casinos like this one all along the Thai border. An Indian pharmaceutical company has suspended the manufacture of a cough medicine after Uzbekistan said it had killed at least 18 children. The BBC's Arunodei Mukherjee reports from Delhi. The Uzbekistan government says 18 out of 21 children with acute respiratory illness have died after taking the DOC1 Max syrup made by India's Marion Biotech. According to their preliminary findings, the syrup contained a toxic substance called ethylene glycol. The government also said parents gave the syrup to children without a doctor's prescription on the advice of pharmacists and in excess of the standard recommended dose. The company has halted manufacturing while the Indian government has ordered an inquiry. The Ukrainian government says Russia has launched one of its biggest missile attacks since the war began in February. Dozens of missiles were fired at cities across Ukraine, including the capital, Kyiv, where power supplies have been disrupted and at least three people have been taken to hospital. In Lviv, in the west, the mayor said 90% of the electricity supply had been cut. There have also been explosions in Kharkiv in the northeast and Odessa in the south. Ustin Danchuk is a filmmaker who now lives in Odessa. He gave us this picture of the situation there. In Odessa, where electricity was out in the morning, and uh, now it is beginning to come back. But still, it is uh, rather horrifying when you go out uh, in the morning and see explosions and birds flying in, in the sky, and uh, you're looking where where is the like the source of this big explosion. Uh, and this is what I was was witnessing in the morning today. An American computer scientist known as one of the fathers of the Internet has proposed that people should have the equivalent of a driver's license before venturing out onto the information superhighway. Vince Cerf told the BBC such a license would teach people about the hazards they might encounter and how to stay safe. I've been thinking maybe we should have an Internet driver's license where uh, people are, are taught... Uh, how to do safe networking, you know, what, just like you tell a child, you know, look both ways before you cross the street. Um, you want people to be aware of the fact that when they enter into the online environment, there are hazards involved, just as there are in the real world. And Vatican officials say the former Pope, Benedict XVI, remains in a serious but stable condition a day after Pope Francis asked Roman Catholics to pray for his predecessor. The Italian news agency ANSA says the 95-year-old is being continually monitored by doctors. Cardinal Vincent Nichols, Archbishop of Westminster in London, said Vatican officials had told him the angels are gathering to take Benedict home. And that's the news from RTHK. Radio Free Heavenly shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out 
Closer to a brand new year. It's two more this year from our Twilight Time team, and welcome to it. 45 minutes of music just to relax to. And if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. On the menu tonight, K Star, Carmen Cavallero, Chet Baker, Ella Fitzgerald, and Johnny Mathis.
fall apart I can still 